Welcome back to the Wealth Actually podcast, the show that features artists, entrepreneurs, experts, and commentators that will give you the right knowledge, planning, and guidance so you can preserve your assets and enjoy your wealth. Learn more and subscribe today at wealthactually.com. And now, here's your host, Fraser Rice. Welcome back to the Wealth Actually podcast. I'm Fraser Rice. Today, we get to speak with Judd Stensrud. He's the founder and CEO of Lumen Global, which is a firm which uses energy efficiency to help drive real estate returns. Judd has an undergraduate degree from Duke in economics and an MBA from the University of Chicago. However, it wasn't until he got to Costa Rica in the early 2000s that he began to truly grasp the impact of costs within a vast portfolio of income-producing real estate. Using these tools later in his career, Judd helped to renegotiate a half-billion-dollar loan with the Bank of China. He was the lead asset manager for the Plaza Hotel in New York, and he led a process where Bill Gates and the Four Seasons Hotels invested over $300 million into a project that was his brainchild. Recognizing the typical reasons that investors miss out on maximizing their profits led him to found Lumen Global. Welcome aboard, Judd. Thank you for having me, Fraser. So tell us a little bit about how your Costa Rica experience and how that impacted your view on managing real estate. I spent five years in Costa Rica starting in 2007, and we were building all sorts of real estate down there, everything from multifamily housing to office apartment, even a small little airport. And what I noticed down there is that costs for labor were very cheap, but operating costs of the property were extremely expensive. Electricity in Costa Rica costs about 10 times more than the average U.S. rate. And so we really started focusing on energy efficiency. So even back in 2007, before a number of these measures that we're using today made sense, they did in Costa Rica. So we were really very early to the game of LED lighting, as well as a number of other energy efficiency measures. So you get a little bit of experience as it relates to putting energy efficiency at the top of the list to help out real estate projects. How did you sort of migrate that experience back to the United States? One thing to realize about a lot of these energy efficiency measures is they are absolute no-brainer decisions. It's not one of these decisions where, well, maybe we'll get a return that's acceptable to us if X, Y, and Z happen, and we don't know if X, Y, and Z happens. It's basically a deal where if you look at the facts, you look at the numbers, you look at the return, there's no logical reason not to move immediately forward on energy efficiency. An example of of kind of the types of returns I'm talking about, I think the worst deal we've done from a client perspective over the last three years has been about a 30% IRR for the client. So everyone's shooting for IRRs that are lower than that. And so what we did when we came back to the United States is I would start to recommend all sorts of different measures to our clients, whether that was a Jones-Lang-LaSalle or Ernst & Young or in my private business. And I would come back and I would say, you know, listen, this isn't the biggest deal you're going to make during the year. You're going to buy some bigger properties and renegotiate bank loans. and We're going to help you on that. But change your light bulbs. Do a couple of these energy efficiency deals. They're absolute no-brainers. And what I kept hearing time and time again from my clients is, we just can't find anyone we trust and we don't have the bandwidth to really analyze it and get it done. And so while they knew they wanted to do it, they knew it made sense, it didn't end up getting done. And that's why in 2017, I founded Lumen Global to really go out and bring a full turnkey service to my client. So when you, I guess, onboard a client, how does that initial discussion work? Someone, you've convinced the developer or the real estate manager that LED conversion is immediate value add. How do they engage you and where do you get started? 
Sure. Perhaps the best example I can give is in the QSR space. We've been doing quite a bit of business in the QR space. We've linked up with the former president and CEO of Burger King, and we've done dozens and dozens of these deals. And so in the QSR space, we'll go to an owner and let's say they have 20 locations. The first thing we'll do is we'll contact the owner and say, we'd like to take a look at your buildings to see how much you can save. We don't want to charge you anything. We just want to make sure this is a deal that you should do. And in 99 out of 100 of those cases, it turns out that they should do it. So we'll first start out with a Google Earth analysis. We'll look at their parking lots and see if they've been converted to LED. We'll look at their interiors. We'll ask them for their electric bill to get a sense of how much they're paying for electricity. And then we'll run a pretty detailed model. We have a very good modeler, actually a fellow graduate of the University of Chicago, who runs a very detailed analysis on how much they're spending on electricity for their lights. We'll then go back to the client and say, here's our estimate. We believe it's accurate within five or 10 percentage points. And here's how much you're going to save. At that point, we usually get kind of a, a wow moment from the client where they're saying, well, I had no idea, Judd, that I'm going to save a couple million dollars by converting to LED lighting and the costs are so low. Usually then there's a little bit of hesitance. Well, this sounds too good to be true because it does. <laughs> and so what we do then is we say, well, if you'd like to do a test property, we can do one of your properties. We'll hook up our electricity monitors and we'll actually show you by monitoring your electrical consumption every 10 seconds how much you're saving. So as you are providing this advice, and it seems like you not only provide sort of the consultative approach to what you're doing, but you're able to sort of help the rubber meet the road and get the solution implemented. How is lighting technology evolving? And I guess how quick a pace is it? And how do you stay on top of those types of developments? It's a very rapidly evolving marketplace. And I will say the changes are coming quickly and we're going to be able to cut electrical consumption a heck of a lot more. My real dream with Lumen Global is that in 20 years, and I don't know what the time frame is going to be, but I'm going to be going to my clients and saying, hey, do you remember when we first did our first LED light deal back in the 2017? Well, this year we have another deal where we're going to increase how much electricity you are selling back to the electrical company. So our goal is not just to continue to reduce it, but get to a point where we're selling energy back to the grid. So are you doing analyses with sort of solar power generation and things like that? Yeah, we're looking at all sorts of different strategies, I would say, to limit electrical consumption. But what we continue to come back to at this time is the, the biggest meat on the bone, the simplest thing to do, the most obvious, the one that is an absolute no-brainer is to convert to LED. And so while we do have a number of other strategies, Nothing right now that we have seen is anywhere near the LED conversion. So the first thing we want to do for our clients is say, listen, let's get the majority of the meat off the bone. Let's get you to near 100% LED. And then we can start talking about some of the other things like switches, timers, all sorts of other strategy. But we really, really believe that LED should be the first conversion that people do. And estimates are really hard to get across the United States for how much LED there is in a commercial setting. But most studies you see will say about half the lights that should be converted to LED are LED. So there's still just a tremendous amount of work to be done on this one very simple, very clear, very important strategy. So let's take a little tour of the different types of real estate asset classes that it can impact. Obviously, the answer is all of them. <laughs> if you're in real estate, you need light. You need people to be able to use the buildings and the space in the dark and to have a proper environment during the day. For things like office buildings, is there any particular, anything specific to that or multifamily properties that's something that you can share with us? 
Yeah, one of the interesting things about LED lighting is there's lots of different solutions, and it's a bit of an art and a bit of a science. We have some clients who come to us and say, Judd, I just want to save as much money as I can for as little as I can. I don't really care how it looks. Give us a product that just gets the minimum amount of light and save us as much as we want. That's one solution. We have other clients who come to us and say, hey, you know, we're in a class A office space, and we need not only the light to be extinct quality, but we need them to kind of have an architectural look to them. So there's all sorts of different answers, but I think the other point is not everything should be converted to LED, and that's a big part of what we do. If we find something, for example, uh, a storage unit, okay, an indoor storage unit where no one walks in the back half of the building for three out of four days, that's not a place where we're going to recommend LED. That's a place we're going to say, well, hey, why don't we put that on some sort of motion sensor so it's just off all the time? That may be more cost appropriate for you. As we go through some of the other asset classes, things like shopping centers, sort of warehouses, industrial parks, restaurants, hotels, medical facilities, and then even parking lots. When you go through and analyze that, how much are you struck by what the developers know and what they don't know? That's a delicate question for me because all developers think they know 100% of what they're doing. But the bottom line is we really specialize in one laser focused niche. I mean, and I was a developer down in Costa Rica, and I understand how challenging that is getting everything from permitting to materials. I mean, it's a huge job. We come in and we just take away one pinprick of the job. And we can show very factually how we do that a little bit better. But to clarify, we don't typically want to work with developers who are doing ground up, we really like to work with owners of commercial real estate, or even people who are leasing it on five years or longer leases, so we can help them cut the electric bill that they're paying. So restaurants, for instance, how does that work? They have a very different set of energy needs and lighting needs, I would suppose. Maybe take us through an analysis of a restaurant or a restaurant chain and how you help them think about that. There's several components we look at when we're going to a business. The things you really need to look at is what is their electric rate? Are they paying a lot for electricity or a very little amount? We've done deals out in, we did a, I guess it was a 28 package of restaurants spread across Maine, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts. We finished that up a couple months ago. They had extraordinarily high electric rates because that part of the country has very high electric rates. We've done other deals in Oklahoma where it's very cheap electricity. So those two have different parameters that we need to look at. Something that does make sense financially in Massachusetts at a high electric rate may not make sense to do in Oklahoma. So we really look at every individual light across the entire portfolio. We look at how long those lights are on during the day. That's a a very key point. If the light's not on very much, it doesn't make sense for you to change it to LED. But we really go through a detailed analysis, light bulb by light bulb, electric bill by electric bill for location, how long they're on, and then we run that through our financial model. When purchasing power from, I guess, the local utility or other sources, do you do any negotiating on that front? Or is that something that's already that there's not much wiggle room on? Our work with utility companies is extraordinarily important. One of the things that a lot of people miss out on when they try to do LED conversions by themselves is massive rebates from the utility providers. Many utilities in the United States will pay a check. If you convert a certain number of lights to a certain number of other lights, They'll send you a check. Sometimes we get checks for as low as $500 for converting a building. Other times that can be ten, twenty, thirty thousand $30,000. So in working with the utility, the first thing we do is say, okay, we're going to convert to LED lighting. That's going to lower the electrical consumption, which is what the utilities are trying to do. They're trying to lower the output of electricity because their utilities are taxed. 
And then they'll pay some sort of offset there. It's a, usually an incentive or a rebate. Then we also look at what the electric rate is. Many places in the United States, you're allowed to negotiate your electric rate. We have seen that most of our commercial clients have already done that. And to be honest, it's, it's really a commodity service. So while lighting, I know we're the best opportunity they can have. On the electric negotiation, I kind of say, make sure you do it, and we're happy to do it for you if you'd like. We mentioned the word incentives in there, and reducing power consumption and becoming more efficient on the lighting front would seem to be an area where the government is really interested in promoting that and would align incentives along that. How do you intersect the government packages with your clients and maybe take us through the process of how that works? I think the most important part in business is transparency. And so the the first thing is we're very upfront with the clients about here's how the process works. Here's how much we think we're going to get. And then we'll use whatever that amount is to basically lower the purchase price. So if we do a deal that the client is going to end up paying us $50,000 and then we determine that we can get a $10,000 incentive, we'll say, well, you know what? That just lowers the cost of it for you to 40000 So it's just a very open process where we try to maximize incentives and then use that money to lower the ultimate cost to the client. Are the incentives state and local or are there federal incentives out there? They're from the utility companies and they're not in every case, but most regions, and it really varies state by state, but they'll have a tax on your electric bill. You're probably paying at your house. I know in Chicago, I paid at my apartment. I know in the majority of the fast food restaurants we do, they pay it. So it's a small tax on the electric bill typically half a percent to one and a half percent that goes into an incentive pool of money. And then as we change to LED lighting and do other energy efficiency measures, they will pay directly to the client or to a third party like us for helping to cut energy consumption. So you focus on the lighting and the LED area for things like warehouses and industrial where there's sort of air conditioning and power consumption needs along that front. Does that intersect with your consulting or do you mention it in it or in many ways the developers themselves or the property managers know about what that looks like? Typically when we go into an industrial facility or or a larger building, we'll ask them is how are you doing on your air conditioning needs or your plants? And we like to hook up monitors to those larger pieces of equipment, be it HVAC or or sometimes even a, a large industrial machine to help show them what the consumption is on those units. Again, really, we're in the phase at Lumen Global where we still believe that the biggest meat on the bone is to get LED lighting done first. So that's really what we're focusing on for the remainder of 2020 and and probably up to 2022. Most people would intuit that parking lots, street lighting, public access lighting, and the like, obviously important, especially at nighttime. Is there anything different about outdoor spaces versus interior ones when you're doing your analysis? There's a tremendous amount of money to be saved on exterior lighting. I'll give you an example from a recent QSR client we had. They had 10 different parking lots, and we found that each parking lot, we could help them save about $2,500 a year. These are small parking lots. So we're saving them twenty five grand a year by converting to LED in the parking lots. But then we were in, ended up saving them more on the interiors of their stores. The point here being, in some locations, you're getting about 50% of your savings on the exterior and 50% on the interior. The difference is the exterior, you may be changing 10 or 15 very big lights, big industrial commercial lights. And on the interior, you may be changing out two, three, 500 smaller lights. So it's kind of picking up bigger fish on the exterior and smaller fish on the interior, both of which are extraordinarily important. 
when it comes to the specs of LED lighting, I sort of look at the maybe the work you do with medical facilities. Do developers or hospitals come to you with specifics in terms of brightness or color or that type of thing? Does that change your analysis at all or add or decrease costs in terms of the products that you're able to locate for your clients? It's tremendously important. If you're putting in lights and you're not looking at the color and the amount of light, which is called the lumens and the foot candles are what you measure on the surface, you're not going to have a good looking product. So at the end of the day, you know, people have to look in and go, hey, this looks great. And you've talked about some different categories of buildings there. And they definitely are different. You know, if we're doing lighting in a fine dining restaurant, it's going to be more of a relaxed kind of yellowish hue so you can sit and enjoy your dinner. If you're doing something on the inside of a medical building where they want to see every little hair that falls to the ground, that's going to be one of those kind of bright, annoying hospital whitish, bluish type lights. But yeah, you you definitely have to get the color right, the amount of light hitting the surface correct, and also the distribution of the light. We find it's an area we spend quite a bit of time thinking through before we implement a solution. Does your expertise extend not only beyond the sort of the lighting, but displays? I notice when I'm walking around New York City that the typical billboard or the poster has been replaced essentially with an HDTV, I assume LED-based display. Are developers taking advantage of that and what you can provide as far as energy help on that front, or is that something that's just beginning? We think there are other companies that do that better than us, and we don't ever tell someone to work with us unless we truly think we're their best solution. We do retrofit old billboards quite frequently. In fact, just did one of those the other week to help kind of brighten them up, make them pop a little bit more and drastically reduce the energy consumption. But we're not doing any kind of computer-like screen LED boards or anything like that at this time. So maybe take us through a story or two. You've had lots of success with sort of multi-site fast food restaurants. In one of your examples, maybe take us through how that started and what you did for them and maybe some of the numbers behind that. Yeah, it was really an accidental move into the fast food space. In 2017, we had quite a good year doing a number of kind of apartment buildings, office complexes. We even did a racetrack, which was very interesting, that had kind of 20, 30 different outbuildings. But we ended up running into a guy who had a business consulting, some guy who owned McDonald's. He said, you know, John, this is exactly what these clients need. They're in low margin businesses. They have a lot of hassles and LED lighting cuts costs and reduces a lot of hassle. That's a very important point we haven't talked about. Most of these products that we install will last five to 10 years, if not more. And so if you're a business owner, you no longer have to have your employees getting up on ladders and changing light bulbs, which can be time consuming, costly and dangerous. So we did this deal in 2017, maybe early 2018 for the McDonald's owner. He had 15 stores and he just could not be happy. He said, listen, you need to call my friends that have other McDonald's stores and do this for him. So we ended up picking up a couple other packages of McDonald's owners like that, that had in the 10 to 15 store range. And everyone just absolutely thrilled with what we'd done and what we do with those stores in particular. And we don't offer this to all clients. But what we do in the QSR space is we say, okay, if if we're going to end up saving you X number of dollars, call it $100,000, let's just split that savings. Lumen Global will pay for all material and install on the front end. You have literally no cost up front. And then as the savings roll in, let's just split those savings in a fair way. Typically $3 for us, $7 for them out of every $10 we save. 
from a fast food perspective where you've got a building, you've got parking, you've got drive-through capabilities where you have, as we talked about before, sort of different types of lighting challenges and efficiencies that you can put in play. Maybe take us through a warehouse conversion and maybe some of the issues that are inherent with that. Every building is so different and you have to understand that there's height differences. So you need to get the right equipment in there to make sure you can reach the ceiling of a warehouse, for example. Some of these warehouses are working 24 hours a day and they have lines going beneath them. So sometimes you'll even need to schedule some sort of shutdown for a a very small amount of time. But working within the company's needs is very important to make sure that we're not disrupting service. We feel like we've really become expert at that over the years and have a highly trained staff that really stay out of the way of the people working in the buildings. So we're in a challenging economic environment now, and especially for real estate developers who have tenants who have taken a real heart attack to sales and they're looking at dropping rents to sort of maintain the stability of their rent rolls. It would seem to me that your services now could be particularly interesting to developers because instead of maybe expanding their portfolios, especially for the ones who may not have the resources to do so, but the ability to eke out even more pennies out of what they currently have and to keep things cash flow positive, that the LED conversions might be an interesting way to do that. Are you seeing an uptick in interest on that front? Of course, no one hopes for a recession or a difficult economic time because there's real suffering for people throughout the country. It is a fact that women's global services become more desirable as the economy gets more challenging. What we've seen over the past couple of years is a number of owners of commercial real estate really focusing on expansion. How can I buy more properties? How can I grow? How can I get bigger? Things are great. I have a lot of money coming in. And what we've started to see over the last couple of months as the economy has become more challenging is those same owners started to say, well, I'm not really going to continue to buy right now. I need to continue to figure out how to improve my operations. So we definitely believe we're going to be seeing a significant uptake in the coming months. And I think the important part of our business model right now is that we don't need our clients to have any budget to deal with us. They don't need to write us a check on day one. All of the savings that we produce were paid out of those savings. So our deals are typically cash flow positive on day one. It's truly a win-win. And as you're starting to chart out anybody charting out 2020 at this point, that's a little scary. But 2021, 22, 23, where do you see sort of, or maybe a better question is different regions of the country. Are there some that are more receptive to your story? And are you sort of aligning your efforts in that direction? Or is it really geography independent? We have a fairly aggressive growth strategy at Lumen Global. And the way we came up with it is actually we looked at Amazon Prime's expansion plans, and there's a wonderful map that really was kind of an aha moment for us, which showed where Amazon Prime was delivering in, I believe it was 2014 versus 2017. And when Amazon Prime started, they went to where you would think. They went to downtown Chicago, downtown Manhattan, Washington, D.C. in the center, Seattle in the center. So we've looked at that map and said, okay, where are the population centers here? And then we've overlaid on top of that what's called propensity to consume fast food as we move into the fast food section. Some areas of the country just eat a lot more of that food than others. And then the third component we're really looking at is electric rates. In some place like the East Coast, where the electric rates are extraordinarily high, the financial returns and the gains for our client are even higher. So we're focusing on those geographic expansion areas. Right now, we have teams up and running. Our mobile teams can really go anywhere, but we're Chicago, Atlanta, Florida, 
with kind of a Boston and a New York area, and we're continuing to expand into Texas and Tennessee over the coming months. You mentioned Amazon, and I always think of sort of distribution centers. And here in New York, we had the failed bid for their headquarters and so on. If you were to, and I guess in some sense, they build what they want, so they're not retrofitting as much as some other types of situations. But if you had 10 minutes with Jeff Bezos, what would you tell him as far as savings you might have in store for his organization if he were able to engage you? I think you hit the nail on the head. We typically are not looking to go with people who are building from the ground up. We're typically going from people who own existing real estate to help retrofit that. That's not to say we haven't been involved with any ground up stores, but we really like to go to people and say, let's look at what you currently have in place and let's see how much additional savings we can get you. I guess in terms of some of the number one things I say to clients, what we typically hear is, We'll contact someone and say, we believe we can save you energy. And they'll say, no, we, we did that already. We already made sure we're energy efficient. And we say, well, that's what most people think, but why don't we look at it? Why don't we do a real kind of MBA level financial analysis on this? Let's truly look at it by the numbers and see what the hard dollar amount you can save is and then see if it's worth it for the price that we can get it done for. We talked about the background in Costa Rica and some of the lessons you've learned there. Do you do work internationally? And if so, is it made more complicated, obviously, by cultural and governmental and even language differences and currency differences? Is You've got so much on your plate right now. Can that international business be useful? And what steps might you take to do that? Just as electric rates vary greatly across the United States, there's even a larger difference when you look internationally. <laughs> We are fairly busy right now in the United States. With that being said, we definitely are even in the process of quoting a couple of projects. We have a multi-building owner in Mexico City who we're starting to look at. There's another group out of Puerto Rico who we're starting to look at. So yes, we absolutely would look at international projects. But other than the stuff in Costa Rica that I did 10 or 15 years ago, we've not done anything international as Lumen Global. Got it. Well, this has been really interesting. And as I said, this is one of these situations where you're doing well for not only the environment and for energy consumption and everything that goes with that, but you're providing value on the bottom line very quickly to developers and owners. What's the best way to keep tabs on Lumen Global? And if people are interested in your services, how do they get in touch with you? Well, of course, we appreciate that question. Thank you. Yeah, we would say reach out to us. If you are an owner of commercial real estate, or if you have a friend or a colleague who owns commercial real estate, and hear this podcast, I would say give Judd a call or an email. My email is judd at lumenglobal.com. That's J-U-D-D at lumenglobal.com. Or give me a call, 847-922-0764. And we'll tell you if, it, if we think it makes sense to get you an analysis of your properties. Terrific. Judd, thanks for speaking with us. And again, we're going to be following your company with great interest here. And I'm sure my listeners are going to be interested in hearing more from you. In the meantime, we'll sort of weather out this coronavirus storm. Um, oh, and for our listeners, while I'm thinking of it, I'll have all that contact information in the show notes as well. Judd, thanks again. Thank you, Fraser. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wealth Actually, hosted by Fraser Rice author of the book Wealth Actually and a leading private wealth manager. Head on over to wealthactually.com where you can subscribe to this podcast, get your own copy of the Wealth Actually book, and connect with Fraser directly. We'll see you next time on Wealth Actually. Wealth Actually.